Spread your jams and drizzle your syrups. Why is it so sticky? It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. You know, one of the good things about wearing a mask all the time, Alex Dyson, when you're out and about, is that... Stops people seeing how ugly you are. Baha, bazinga. Almost. <laughs> stops people from knowing when I'm rapping on the street. <laughs> You do That's mumble <laughs> raps sometimes. So I usually rap, I'm usually I've caught you around. doing that before. <laughs> but now I got the mask on, I got the sunnies on. I'm like, these people don't even know I'm spitting fire. <laughs> that is pretty good. It is like, yeah, I found, I found, obviously, I don't leave my home as much as as I used to. But um, also, it, it would be difficult to, like, I've seen people in shops that I know. And like they don't recognize you, you don't recognize them, and that sort of thing. But I did, I did have someone <laughs> talk to me. They go, "Oh, yeah, Alex from Triple J," and I had my mask on on my daily walk. And I'm like, "Yes," and I think that you because I was wearing an AB Shark jumper, which um, <laughs> uh, could be could be a giveaway. They took one step and then the next. Well, I am mainly rapping, you know, I'm walking around, especially because uh, one of my favorite artists has just dropped a new album. His name is Example, and uh, you might have known him from these classic songs. We'll be coming back for you one day. I guarantee you'll miss me. Because you changed the way you kiss me. Your love kick starts again. I only need my crew plus me. All night. Yeah, it's Example. He's just dropped a new album, but if you read his Wikipedia, you say a lot of those songs could be from his second album where things absolutely blew up for him. Little do, do, do we know that uh, there's one person on this particular podcast hosting panel that was uh, aware of Example even earlier than that, Matt O'Kine. Yeah, look, I've known to slip and slide into DMs of people that I've admired, all right, in the past. And maybe Example has been on that list, all right? We'll talk to him about that a little bit later on. But first up, we're chatting to a really good friend of ours. Um, He's one of Australia's finest comedians, one of uh, the best talent at the moment. You've probably seen him on all the TV shows. It is Nazim Hussain. He's got a brand new podcast out. It's called Rogue Sun, and we're going to be chatting to him about that. Up next. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. And now on All Day Breakfast, such a pleasure to welcome a guest to the show. Australian comedian, actor, television, radio presenter, star of uh, Legally Brown, Orange is the New Brown, Was in, got the grand final of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, is often mistaken for me. Please give it up. <laughs> For Nazim Hussain. Hello. Hello. Hey, bro. What's a uh, lo- long time? Yeah, I know. We- we've spoken quite <laughs> a lot recently. I know. I know. <laughs> You've been, I'm on here to basically plug a podcast that you are on. We're basically, everything that I do, <laughs> I feel like it needs to have the Matt O'Kine touch. Le- Legally Brown, you were on that. Orange is a new brown. Uh, I'm a celebrity. People were voting for Matt O'Kine when they were yeah. on the <laughs> Well, you know, I feel like I'm jinxing your career, Nazim. You know, no, I mean, no, you do- mm. without you, I'm nothing. I mean, I think we complement each other, maybe. Like uh, together, people think individually we have good careers because uh, they see us all over. The place. <laughs> they see us. 
They're like, man, this guy's doing everything. He's everywhere. He's hosting the project. It's amazing. (laughs) He's Um, Muslim and he's a wine connoisseur. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So look, let's get let's get into the to the Audible podcast. It's an Audible original. It's about now. It's called Rogue Sun. Very exciting to. To uh, well, I was a little a very brief part of it, but also just to to hear about some of the stuff you're talking about in the podcast. This is we launch off right. It starts off with you about to go to Sri Lanka. You don't want to tell your mum. This is what it sounds like. Covering my ass back home will be my little sister Asmina. So you, you think I should tell mum exactly what I'm doing? Yeah, you have to tell her. I always tell you have to tell her, and then you just tell her at the last minute, and then she calls me up and says, <laughs> "Did you know Nazim is going away?" If you were me, what would you say? I'll be, I'll be mum. Mum, we've planned to go to Sri Lanka for three days, but it's now been extended for an extra 12. <laughs> why? Why has it bloody been extended? You've been kidnapped, hasn't it? You've been... <laughs> have the terrorists asked you to come? No, we just need to go for an extra 12 days to do some extra work. That sounds bullshit. <laughs> that sounds like I've been lying the whole time. No. You're not allowed to go. I'm coming. She's like, I'm bloody coming. Yeah, why doesn't, why can't you take mum with you? You're an idiot. That is beautiful, Nazim. I love when you're telling someone and you tell them a little bit and then you just build the snowball up a little bit. It makes it a bit easier than dropping something on someone all at once. (laughs) No, totally. Well, look, my mum, she is uh, at best paranoid. Um, But um, this, I found out her paranoia is rooted in something real. Like Sri Lanka is a pretty volatile place politically. I said, I'm going to Sri Lanka with a massive film crew. We're filming a television show with about 20 crew members. And then when she came to the airport, it was just me and the one guy that I was going with. And she said, where are all the other people? I said, oh, they're all in transit with the security (laughs) detail. It's a huge crew. But basically um, she found out pretty quickly, I think, that, um, that that was a lie. But she kind of doesn't really know the places that I've been to. We went to places where we spoke to like ex-members of the Tamil Tigers, like some people that were pretty close to the government, and it was uh, those are the sorts of people that she, she yeah, she would, she would probably she would bite my head off if she knew that I was even speaking to those sorts of people. So Nazim, let's talk about why you went back to Sri Lanka. I mean, you it sounds like you were taking a little bit of a risk. You didn't want to tell your mum. Obviously, you have a wanting to connect to that part of your culture and your, your heritage. And, and you know, you're now a dad, so what does that all mean for okay. you? Well, it's very similar reason. I think you and I, Matt, as, you know, there's a reason people get confused. We're at a similar stage of life, new dads, you know, young kids. And I feel like, look, apart from obviously wanting to go to Sri Lanka because I've never experienced it like a tourist, I feel like my kid is half Sri Lankan. He's got half Sri Lankan genes in him. And before he can start asking questions, before he, de- he develops like the language skills to say, why am I brown? What is this Sri Lankan thing in me? Before he asks those questions, I-, I needed to know the answer. So I needed to go there first, get those answers, come back before he develops that intellect to ask me those questions. So then I can explain to him, hey, let me tell you about Sri Lanka and why it's important to you and what that means as, you know, in terms of your identity uh, and to me, that, was, that was probably the underlying reason, just to kind of understand my Sri Lankanness and what point it serves in my life as an Australian-born person of Sri Lankan heritage as a Muslim. You know, like I sort of wanted that was like the missing piece of, I guess, my identity puzzle. 
And also, Audible were paying for the flights. So. <laughs> That's really, that was yeah. really it, huh? Uh, we oh, took a long way, but we got there. Um, <laughs> no, it sounds incredible, Dazeem. The podcast is called Rogue Son. So I assume, I guess you, you, we heard a little bit from your mother in there, in which you are the rogue son. But what about your own, your own child? Uh, are you a, a, afraid of a, a rogue infant yourself? And how are you going to stop your own child from going rogue? Yeah. You know or are they allowed to go rogue, I like think, their dad? <laughs> like Matt, I don't know how you're finding it, finding it with your daughter, but you, I always thought you have a kid, you make the kid the person you want. Like you just get to pick and choose your personality <laughs> traits. You just give it to them. You teach them. You model generosity or the, the sense of humor that you want them to have. But they actually come with their own freaking personality. Like there's only so much what? you can shape. Yeah, seriously, it's it's, it's a that's like it's like buying an iPhone and they haven't cleared the old photos out. <laughs> exactly, you can you can add a couple of apps, but mostly the no, what is, that you can't. What, what happens? What happens is it's like you think that you're going to get the brand new iPhone with all of the good things from the previous model with better improvements. But it doesn't occur to you that the worst parts of the iPhone <laughs> could they be the, the only bugs. things that get passed on to the new exactly. model. Exactly. No, totally. Like bad reception, poor battery yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I thought they'd get rid of all this stuff, but this is what they've no. amplified? Like, no. no it's, 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 it's actually really like a, they didn't, no one tells you this sort of stuff. They, um, but my kid's like, he's got a sense of, like he bargains well. Like the other day we were at a shop, like um, before lockdown, I, was, I went to a toy shop and I was, I was going to buy him just something like a ball or something cheap. And he points at this really expensive thing. And uh, luckily it was for hit for like an age group much older than him. So I said, oh, that's for, um, those are for grown-ups. So I say, so, you know, you're not a grown-up. And then he looks at me and he goes, but you're a grown-up, so you get it. I was like, all right. He found a loophole. Um, well, oh, he's, just, he's been mixing up words. Like, he's, you know, I'll be like, that's a cup. And he'll say muck. So muck, like he swaps a first letter to the letter M. It's this thing that he's been doing recently. So we've been standing at the road looking at trucks go past. And I'm like, oh, that's an excavator. And, and I go, oh, it's called a digger. And he says, yes, MIGA. And I was like, oh, that was an M. That was an M, everybody. Like, it's okay. like it was, um, he's, uh, he's, he's keeping me on my toes. I find it interesting that you talked about going to Sri Lanka as a tourist because I think, you know, and we've discussed this before, when you go and anyone who um, has parents from another country who goes to this country you never really get to see it as a tourist. No, no way. I mean, Alex Dyson will have seen our freaking countries of origin <laughs> as a tourist before we have. You've been to, I bet you've been to Sri Lanka. You're that sort of guy, right? No, <laughs> I haven't yet. Yeah, I've always wanted to go because uh, one of my best friends in primary school was uh, Movan Nekanaika, shout outs, and he was from uh, Sri Lanka. And so, yeah, I was granted his place. Wait, so you um, wanted to go way back, like way before it was even talked about. Yeah, man, it was probably like one of the first other countries that I knew because Movan was from Sri Lanka. And so, wow. Yeah. wow. But I do remember going to... Um, his parents' house for dinner one time, and um, yeah, his dad just ate an he ate an onion as an what? apple, and I thought what? that like was a bit done the full Shalang- Tony Abbott. That was a bit odd. The Another Shalanka dinner, Tony Abbott. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but other like Tony, you know, Samson took off this, the outside skin um, to eat it, which made a bit more sense. I just want to clarify to all the listeners: that's not what we do. Please do not, do not characterize an entire country of people just because of Alex dies tonight. We don't. I'm not, not Brody. I just thought that was that was quite interesting. Also, that guy, like that. 
You know what? That's I just got that's really infuriated me that that guy did that because every time we interact with white people, we've got to be on our best behavior. Any Sri Lankans <laughs> or non-white people listening, because we're sometimes the only interaction. That's the Alex still remembers this. The one. Sri Lankan house he's been to in his life. <laughs> oh my god! No, no, I went to Sipijit's house. I went to Shadishad's <laughs> house. I went. I, there's plenty of you know Sri Lankan people. If I go to your place, if, if I go to your place, and if you freaking eat a potato, I don't even. You, you can do the weirdest <laughs> shit. I'm not going to be like hey, just one eat time a banana to- with the skin on and stuff. <laughs> like, oh, you know what Australians eat bananas with the skin on? Yeah. That's well, weird. I'm sure, I'm sure people just think it's an Australian thing after Tony did it as well. <laughs> totally. If the Prime Minister eats the onions like that, I'm sure the whole country does. But no, but you, look, you get to go to Sri Lanka as a, you know, without the parents, without the parental yeah. obligations. That's the thing no, that happens, right. isn't so it? You don't have to visit the relatives. You don't have to no. do that. That yeah, is relatives gotcha. don't have to just go your know, house after house after house. And then like there's an awkward conversation. I don't know how it is with you, man, but sometimes like your parents will leave the room or like your cousins that are your age aren't there yet. And so it's just you sitting with these really elderly people who don't talk much and they just, I don't know, Sri Lankans like to sit in silence and they're just in a room together, not saying things to each other. It's so weird. It's just a, it's a Sri Lankan thing. I don't know. Uh, What's the Sri Lankan stand-up comedy scene like, Nazim? Do you like? Do the oh. do the relatives understand what what your, you know what? your job so is? I, I, I did a show about five years ago, four or five years ago in Sri Lanka. Um, actually, yeah, they got me to go to yeah, some some promoter there, put on a show, and I thought, oh, this is going to be weird. But it was kind of like the first time they've done stand-up in a big way, and they had um they basically put me on all the newspapers. There was a massive billboard. By the time I got, they actually had there was like two and a half thousand people that rocked up, including like the prime minister's wife. There was like what? a convoy of tuk-tuks that drove me up to the stage and a marching band. And uh, the, the, the warm-up guy before me, he got like zero love. I couldn't really hear what he was saying, but nothing was working. And I was like, oh my God, maybe they just don't laugh. Like I haven't even seen a joke work. But anyway, um, the week before I got to Sri Lanka, Enrique Iglesias performed there and some two women threw bras at him on stage. And um, it, was an, it was like a woman in her 30s and an elderly woman in her late 70s. So she, they threw, she threw her auntie bra at him. Anyway, the next day, the president of Sri Lanka went on, he had, he had a press conference and he condemned the concert, and he said, "Those um, he goes, those women that threw bras at Enrique um, shouldn't be beaten, but Enrique should be beaten with poisonous stingray eels." And uh, <laughs> anyway, so fast forward a week, his wife was in the front row of my comedy show, and I, I didn't know. I got on stage and I saw her, and there was army on the periphery of the of the audience, and I looked at her and I was trying to like. Think of, you know, you just end up saying what comes to your brain. And I said, hey, guys, you're probably pretty excited. If you get too excited, just make sure you don't throw your bras at me, all right? And then I, and then I looked at her. I said, but you can throw whatever you like. <laughs> Everyone went silent. And then the army guys were all a bit confused. They didn't know what to do. So like, um, and then the camera went like was trained on her face. And then she started like clapping and gave me the thumbs up. And then everyone was like, yeah! Like, like, it was like possibly could have, could have it's lucky really that she did. She didn't just do the thumbs up and then just go. <laughs> Turn it upside down. Like the Julius Caesar. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, I'm confused, Nazim. Do Sri Lankans hit people with stingray eels? I, I'm I not sure. Is it just some, that one guy? Some, apparently, some ancient phrase, like some poetic Buddhist phrase or something like, basically, damn you to hell. It's 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 supposed to mean that, but but literally, it's, uh, you, you get whipped with poisonous stingray. I mean, I don't know if people have ever done that, but 
Anyway, yeah, so the stand-up scene, I, I am the stand-up scene in Schlank. <laughs> <laughs> well, you well, can hear the full stand-up scene on Nazim Hussain and on his audio, Audible original podcast, Nazim Hussain, Rogue Son, and find out a little bit more about Sri Lanka in the process. Thank you so much, Nazim. Always a pleasure to catch up with you. And, uh, yeah, all the best. We will catch you very soon, my friend. Thank you very much. i got to go eat an onion. <laughs> <laughs> See you, mate. Oh, catch. All day breakfast with a cup of tea with a tea bag stuck in it. Mm-mm. Matokine, see them hips? Grab them, my friend, because it's time for some talkback conga. Yeah, that's right. All week we've been uh, joining the talkback conga line, and basically, you're the leaders of this party starter. Uh, we asked you <laughs> where, where, what the, what, what's your mystery smell? And uh, Talia told us about her sister's shoving foam in her nose and it rotting and then so she smelled and then we asked you based on that what have you put where and then it's too long let's just get to today (laughs) what have you put where then what was it what have you dug yourself a hole and now it's what's your work slack hack all right so how are you how are you wasting time at work basically and i'll tell you what that's been in it's been in the in the courts even recently matt o'kine this dude from who used to work at a fast food shop um got told you're not allowed to poop on shift and he Poor. took him to court and I think he won. <laughs> so there we go. Justice. Viva the revolution. Justice <laughs> for all those people who use a long poop as a solid 15-minute break at work. Uh, well done. But we, it made us sort of think, you know, we, 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 ch- we chatted to a caller yesterday about um, having notes in your phone that you can fire off to call in sick anytime you need. So we thought, what are your little work slack hacks? And, and Maddie has given us a call. Hello, Maddie. Hello. What's a great thing you've used to waste time while working? Well, I'm a waitress slash bartender at a wedding venue. And um, on a long night, you know, our shifts can be up to 10 hours and you get really bored sometimes during speeches. So I just uh, (laughs) tell everyone I'm off to fill up the fridges or grab some lemons to chop up and just go stand in the fridge for about 20 minutes. (laughs) Oh, Maddie, I tell you what. The fridges are, are a safe haven for many a hospitality worker. When I worked <laughs> at a certain major family fast food restaurant back in my heyday, I was looking for nuggets for quite some time, my friend. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely been some lost lemons. <laughs> Have you ever exactly. been caught while doing that, Maddie? Um, well, the chefs come in and out a lot, obviously, to grab ingredients and stuff. So I just kind of slip my phone into my pocket and just pretend I'm still looking around. There's been some close calls, but not quite. Very good. Quite and what's the most yet. boring speech you've ever you've ever listen, had to listen to at a wedding? Um, always father of, father of the bride, always um, the most boring and the most long, because um, I think they feel obligated most of the time. So they just get up and chat shit. And they just go. <laughs> I was at one yeah. last year, half an hour. Over, over half an hour Ooh. on the clock of the night. That's large an ep- percentage. That is an episode. <laughs> wow. What, are we binging the whole series at this wedding or what? That is full on. All right, thank you thank very, you very much, much, Maddie. Maddie. Thank you. Hey, Billy uh, from Brisbane, you're joining us. Billy, you're a friend of the show. Well, Billy, you're a friend of mine. You're uh, you're the host of uh, one half of the Wine Chats podcast. How's it going, Billy? I sure am. Hi, guys. It's going so good. How are you guys? Yeah, we're great, uh, but you uh, you did something that wasted time and made you look uh, uh, look good. Yes, didn't I just? Well, before I was uh, a host of Wine Chats, I used to work at a government job that I 
loathed. And mm-hmm. so what I used to do is I would just volunteer to be the coffee chick or the Seven Eleven chick. So I would like always keep my ear out and just wait for somebody to say something along the lines of like, oh, I'm feeling a bit whatever. I'd be like, oh, coffee run, anything. And so everybody was always so busy at my work. They like legitimately could not leave the office to go and do that. And I hated being busy. So I would just, yeah, go off so and you- take the slowest oh. lift and... The Good Samaritan time waster. <laughs> good I Samaritan. see what's going yeah. on here, Billy. Uh, yeah, it was a win-win. Such so a everyone win thinks you're a hero when you walk yes. back in with the coffees, and yes. but then everyone probably must have thought that you were just like a coffee delivery person at all times. Maybe <laughs> didn't care. Honestly, for the amount of money they paid me, I would be your coffee delivery. I will buy your chocolates. It's fine. Just do not make me do what I had to do. <laughs> And I love that you're in a job that you hated uh, there, Billy, and now you host a podcast where you drink and talk about wine. Uh, if that doesn't yes. sum up just living your dreams and just r- reaching for the for the future, I don't know what does. I'm literally living my dream. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, see you later, Billy. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Hey, Georgie from Victoria, you, uh, you trick your boss a little bit? Yeah, so I also work in a bar and... There's obviously cameras in the bar and the boss sits in his office and he can see us on the cameras. So when it's a bit quiet in the afternoons, I'll just stand really still so the boss thinks that the cameras are frozen. (laughs) 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 Wow. I want to get him to come out of the office. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Then I'll just start doing Sometimes I hold some props like a spray and wipe or something. (laughs) What, like mid-spray with my eyes over hold a pose? Yeah. Oh, wow, Georgie, this is amazing. excellent. And look, at least when you get... When you get sacked, because no doubt your boss is probably a listener of Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, can recognise your voice and knows exactly the situation that's happening, at least you can always be one of those people at Circular Key that pretends to be a statue. So <laughs> the money is always going to keep coming in, Georgie. Well done. We'll just send you some gold spray. Congratulations, Georgie. Uh, that's Thank coming you. your way, courtesy of Matt and Alex, for your uh, future career there. Thank you. And I think you know, it's given us a Friday, Matt. We better wrap up the conga line there. But it has been so much fun this week doing talkback uh, that led on to a new talkback that we'd really like to start a new one next week, see if we can make it for five days. So if you've got a story or an anecdote that you haven't been able to, to talk about before but you think it could be good on All Day Breakfast, we'd like to start with you. You're our first conga line person. We're going to leave the, the floor open. It can be whatever you want. But if you've got a talkback off the back of that that we can uh, then... Do a shout out for the next day. Get in touch, matt.and.alex. All day breakfast. We are here with Elliot Gleave, aka Example. Hey, man, how's it going? Where do we find you right now? I am in remotest place possible, Darwin, Darwin City. Goodness me, my friend. I've got a cousin who lives in Darwin and it's as if there's nothing going wrong in the world at all. It seems to be plain sailing. How have you found it? <laughs> Everyone's got a cousin in Darwin. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's beautiful, man. It's uh, my first time here. People are lovely. 
I mean, there's there's only about eleven people here anyway. But from <laughs> what I've met, they are lovely people. The new album it is called Some Nights Last for Days, and it came out during isolation. And you weren't planning on making this album, man. I, like you had been, you you had tours ahead. You have these used to make these huge, like dance anthems, absolute bangers. But you decided to go something completely different. What was the thinking behind Some Nights Last for Days? Well, like, let's just do a really quick backstory here. So you um, knew my sister, um, like two thousand and eight, nine. Yeah, we went to we went to a party years ago. Yeah, so um, you went. She went to I think Bondi Beach, maybe or somewhere in Sydney. But anyway, she was like, "Look, my mate Matt, he's really funny. He's a big fan of your first album, your hip hop album." He's a, he's going to be a comedian. He thinks uh, that. But, um, still working on it. <laughs> I messaged you on MySpace, man. I even messaged you on MySpace. We've probably gone back 12, 13 years. Yeah. Um, Wait, because you slid into the Hilltop Hoods DMs back in the day as well. Do you tell me you're on examples MySpace as oh, well? I was Matt? on example. No, okay. Look, this is how I first started knowing about example. Okay, so I was such a huge streets fan in the early. 2000s and I was across who who Mike Skinner was signing as part of the Beats and I remember checking out Mike Skinner's my page MySpace page and there was this like I'm going to say absolute pest of a dude who would just like rag on Skinner just constantly. I was like, who is this example guy? And so I clicked on it and then I was like, oh, he's actually like part of the Beats and I was listening to all your stuff and I loved it. And then I, I went to this party. And and this girl was like, oh, my brother's, uh, you know, a hip hop a hip hop person in the UK. Like he's just on the up. And I was like, oh, who is it? I might know him. And he's like, and she's like, yeah, there's a lot of people from the UK that rap. Like you won't know him. And I was like, go give me a try. And she's like, example. And I was like, oh my god, I know example. Then I slid into the DMs, and you were like, yeah, cool, man. And then that was about it. And then, uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so fast forward like years later. So I. My first album came out, which was a hip-hop album, 2007, on Mike Skinner's label. Not many people bought it, but the people who did get it really loved it. It had, like, a cult following. And I, I used to still, you know, I'd do, like, in, in London, I'd sell 1,000 tickets, say, for a gig. Um, and the crowd would be 90% male. Anyway, I lost my record deal because Mike Skinner has lost his deal. I was about to move to Australia to join my mum, dad, and my sister in 2008. And then I signed to Ministry of Sound, obviously a world-famous dance label, and then, you know, release Kickstart, Change the Way You Kiss Me, We'll Be Coming Back with Calvin, the rest is history. So in that period in between then, like, so from 2009, 10, which is when I had my first big success globally, I toured Australia 2011, met my wife Erin on the Park Life Tour. Um, and then, you know, basically, I now live in Brisbane, and but I've only been making dance songs, you know, bangers, club bangers. I, I like to make music for festivals, music for clubs, but... Obviously, I rap and I sing. But as soon as I had 27 festivals cancelled in Europe, I was like, well, what the f*** am I going to do? So I was like, <laughs> let's just make a rap album for the hell of it. So I, I posted a... I posted a freestyle of me in the car, which became Paperclip. Coronavirus got us all alone at home like Kevin McAllister. Can't go your local and can't go to Paris. Forget marriage, bruv, right now you can't marry her. Cut your double bed in half and put up a barrier. And then it got 100,000 views on my Instagram. So, and then everyone was like, release it as a single. So I released it as a single. And everyone was like, we want more rapping, we want more rapping. So I did more car freestyles. And in seven weeks, I wrote the whole album. Rapping for me is like, it's like going back to the gym, 
You know, it's like, you know, you can do 20 chin-ups, but maybe you haven't tried it for like 10 years. So it's like getting back into that frame of mind and it's, it's exercising a muscle. And it was honestly, it invigorated me, reinvigorated my whole like mind, body, soul. And I put it out and I think we sold, you know, all the CDs. I, I thought we'd do a limited run of CDs. We sold them all out in five minutes. And, you know, it was just one of those like moments in time it was kind of like a soundtrack to now, but also not specifically about isolation and COVID. There's a few references. And now I'm back to making dance music. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's such an impressive exercise, man. Like, I mean, to just be able to produce something like that out of nowhere just shows your level of of skill and, and drive and uh, ability to make things happen. Let's have a listen to what the new album sounds like right here. One sec, I'll make the hip-hop. Then how DJs think I'm shit-hot. I'll do both, you want the off not. Only care about the beats for sick drops. London town to Brisbane, what? Swap to a max, four flip-flops. Money in the grave, like Rip Ross. Bet your girl dance to this on TikTok. Yo, I will pick you up, so girl fall over. Stuck in a rut, then call me over. Lacking composure, I wanna get closer. Then I'll be your show. Left those as obstacles. It's only the outside that they see. Seen the best and the worst of me. We are up perfectly. That's how I know. So that's a sample of the latest album, Some Nights Last for Days. Your um, wife, Erin McNaught, who is uh, previously Miss Australia, uh, model, actress. She was in Neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the tracks that we heard there the third track you might have heard is called Erin yep. and not only is it about Erin and your relationship but you she features on the album as well is this one of the more meaningful songs for you on the album to be honest everything on the album is really really personal and honest and close to home there's not really any tracks on there which are you know me um you know perpetuating uh, another uh, type of ego or image or there's no songs of you know like fantasy or becoming a character everything you hear on there is real life but the interesting thing about the Erin track is that was one that I recorded three years ago uh, with a guy called Johnny McDade so Johnny McDade was in is in Snow Patrol he co-wrote Shape of You with Ed Sheeran um, all of Sheeran's biggest songs he co-wrote he also did a song with me uh, eight years ago called Say Nothing which was number two in the UK charts and this was just before he worked with Sheeran I'm not taking credit for that um i did introduce him <laughs> no but <laughs> i wrote i wrote this i wrote this song with him on my wedding anniversary in may about three years ago and he you know he's an irish northern irish he's like elliot what are we going to write about today we need to do something beautiful at your wedding anniversary I, I feel bad that you're not with your wife so we obviously wrote this song <laughs> called erin and again because at the time i was releasing tech house techno uh trance songs I was like, maybe the public will never get to hear this. And and it was it's beautiful because obviously it's about my wife and called Erin. It's beautiful because it was written on my anniversary. And it's extra beautiful that she eventually sang on it. She recorded the vocals in Brisbane in April. And then the song got released for the world to hear. And we did a, vid of, uh, a lovely black and white video at home with the kids. And I think it's something that when the kids get older, they can look back on and be proud of their mum and dad's and, you know, it's a, it's a family unit song. But I think the main thing is, is the amount of people who were DMing me and, you know, tweeting me, et cetera, and saying, we are f***ed up perfectly, which is the lyric in the chorus, perfectly sums up their relationship. Because there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. All relationships are f***ed up. 
Yeah, I mean it's 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 an incredible song, and when when I listened to it, when I saw it, I felt I felt a real insight into you know your the the sort of the person behind the the microphone or away from the uh, from the spotlight. And you mentioned Ed Sheeran just before. Uh, you have worked with him a bunch in the past, and you're good friends with him. I mean, when I was in London, was it two years ago? You were heading over there for his wedding. What's Ed Sheeran's wedding like? Um, I mean, look, I've been asked this loads, and I'm not going to reveal much, but just imagine seeing all of the most famous people in the world completely f***ed up. That's all I'll say. <laughs> 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 I think that, that, that sums pretty, it up pretty, pretty well, well to be honest. That's all I, I need to hear. Yeah, I mean, if I told you, if I told you names and details, but um, that wouldn't be fair. But, yeah, I mean, put it this way. It's like Erin and I are there just going, Oh my God! Look at him! Oh my God! Look at her! You know. <laughs> yeah, it just needs to be a reaction video yeah, of yourself and Aaron with no footage of what's going on and just some comments. That'd be that'd be brilliant. This was uh, an album that came out of the blue. What is next, for example? I've got another song coming in um, in about four weeks, like a big like house record um, called All I Know. It's uh, it kind of got like a South American basement jacks vibe. That's coming out in about a month, and shortly after that, I've got another big collaboration with someone I can't really talk about, but that's coming out. I've kind of got singles lined up for the next six months, like one a month. I've been chatting in terms of like the Aussie scene. I've been chatting to Briggs quite a bit on Insta DM because I'm a big fan of his, and I didn't realize that he knew who I was or was a fan. And a, a mutual friend of ours put us in touch. And just said, you guys should record together. So I was chatting to him. So as soon as I can get down to Sydney, me and Briggs are going to record something. Um, you know, Oof. hopefully a rap record. Back-to-back back rapping, you know. That's got me excited. I just, I just Sorry. make music. I, I just make music I fucking love and work with people that I'm a fan of. And I remember watching Briggs on, on YouTube maybe like four years ago going, this guy's a character. He's got a lot to say. <laughs> And I kind of feel like if me and him were in the studio, we it would we would definitely raise our, you know, we'd bring our A game going back to back. So that's something in the pipeline to look forward to for for Aussie listeners and Aussie fans. I tell you what, if there were two people who could could, who could come up with a Matt O'Kine diss track, um, that collab would be <laughs> yeah. Would please be the leave one. me out of it. Oh, I'm, yes, I'm actually please. worried. I'm not on Big Riggs's best side at the moment, so uh, we, we could really. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm. I'm from. I'm from London. I live in Brisbane. I, I'm currently in Darwin, so I don't really know about the the, the politics of the Aussie hip hop comedy scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Honestly, it's so it's so awesome to chat. No worries, bro. I will say now to anyone listening. All right, wondering should I or shouldn't I slide into that musicians DMs this <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> Go and do it because in 12 years' time, you might be interviewing them one day. All right? So uh, <laughs> dreams can come true. All right. Thanks very much. I love you, Zappel. Matt. I love you, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'll, chat, we'll chat soon. I'll see you soon, bro. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Now, Matt O'Kine, one of the cool places to hang out here if you are, like, having a little listen to All Day Breakfast is our Discord. Um, You can jump on there via the link on our Instagram and jump into a lot of the talkback we've had over the past 100 or so episodes, Um, have a dig back through a few of the old ones and 
feel free to leave your own, which our next caller has done, Matt O'Kine, which makes for some very good leftovers. Yeah, absolutely. We always ask you, no matter when you're listening, to get in touch with us. And uh, one of the talkback topics we uh, discussed a little while back was in relation to food. I mean, we are all day breakfast and I personally am someone who really savours the actual technique of eating food. Okay, for instance, when I eat Maltesers, I have to nibble all the chocolate off around the outside of them. Okay. And I pop a little nude malt ball into my mouth until it dissipates onto my tongue, okay? When I eat salt and vinegar chips, I can't touch it with my thumb, all right, because in case I touch my thumb to one of the curled wish chips, your wish won't come true. I still follow this superstition to this day. You you answer, when people ask you, what, what's the secret to your success, Matt? Do you say, I don't touch wish chips with my thumb? Is that, is that your secret? Uh, I place the you chip won't believe onto my... Matt O'Kine's life hack. I t- place the tongue onto my chip. I then suck off all the flavouring from one side and then flip the chip within my mouth using only my tongue and let me tell you you have to be a very delicate lover to flip a chip all right <laughs> all right so- well we do have another food ritual <laughs> sean has got in touch with his hello sean hey guys how you doing so good my man your story on our discord really uh b- you know spoke to alex dyson and jumped out to him what uh what what's your food ritual look i got a couple but the uh the first one um so dim sim so your standard Chip shop dim sims, right? That you get mm. from yeah, every chip shop. C- certainly in South Melbourne markets, dim sim. Hooey. But go yeah, on, you stand up. Are we talking fried or steamed? Uh, fried, definitely fried. Okay, uh, how do you eat it? What I like to do is I like to bite off the end um, of. So I need to have two, sorry, let me just clarify. I can't have one, mm. I can't have three. It's going to be two for the, uh, mm-hmm. the symmetry, I think. Yep. The dim sim is really the yin and yang of food, isn't it? You, you need your dim <laughs> and you need your sim. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you bite off the end of both. Yep, sorry, and then I hollow out the inside um, with a fork, so I, I eat the insides of the empty amount. Um, and then, so you're left with the, the empty sort of shell or the husk or whatever you want to call it, or the dim sim. Mm-hmm. Um, the exoskeleton, yes. Yep, well, I stuff that full of uh, chips, and then I like to dip <laughs> that into sauce um, before eating. So. Ooh, wait. <laughs> so why do you need two, by the way? Do you have to, do you put them together? No, so I like to eat one from one side, so the chip poking out end, and the other one from the uh, the still capped end. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you eat the other yeah. from the rear of yeah. of the sim, <laughs> and you, the dim you eat from the chip end, the bouquet Correct. of chips sticking out of the, sh- okay, uh, so the that's, sim husk. That's, okay, <laughs> that's food ritual number one. Hit me with number two. Okay, so number two is a little bit stranger. Um, so <laughs> number two, all right. So you get a glass of milk, um, just a standard full cream glass of milk. Mm-hmm. Load in lots of Milo in the top. So I don't know, like an inch thick of Milo on the top there, enough. Um, and then I like to add Cheetos to the top of that. Oh, um, that's <laughs> disgusting! <laughs> Hang on, Cheetos and milk and Milo. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> disgusting. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't you dare tell me that those Cheetos get wet. Oh, they do. Uh, <laughs> oh, my Lord. Cheesy chocolate milk, you sicko. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, to be Security. fair, they don't, get, <laughs> they don't get completely soggy. Um, so like like a wheat bix, so you don't want to sort of fully submerge them. You want to hit them a little bit of milk, um, just enough to get them sticky, uh, coated in the Milo that's on the top, get that in a spoonful, a little bit of milk, and shovel into the mouth. <laughs> Look, okay, you know what? You know what? You've you've brought me round. You've brought me round. I'm will. I would be willing to try it. Um, well, but 
Matt, I think you're going to have to because you were very against this. You, I, I, I don't was. think we could knock we knock Sean's ritual until we sample. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Okay, okay, yeah, Cheeto, okay. Look, I'll try it. Cheeto I'll try Milo it. milk. I mean, that's a bold. Like, have you got a partner, Sean? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find it's the partners that really confront uh, this. Because, I mean, I always just thought, well, how else would you eat a Malteser? Uh, and it's usually <laughs> the partners that bring this kind of behaviour to the forefront. Um, yep. And what, what, have, what have some of the reactions been? Are you like, uh, you take it or leave it? You know, it's my Cheetos uh, way or the highway. If you don't love me in my dim sim chip husk, <laughs> you don't deserve me in my Cheeto milk Milo. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's pointed it out before, but um, to be honest, she, she's, she's very accepting of my um, weird eating ways um, and other weird ways. Yeah, but, um, as you smile at her <laughs> with your little Milo Moen <laughs> Cheeto tongue. How did you introduce it? Did you get caught one time or did you plonk down a glass in front of her and pour in a Cheeto and say, huh, dessert? Uh, no, she, she's actually never seen me eat the Cheeto Milo mix, but I did mention it to her the other day um, and she just shrugged it off as if it wasn't, you know, it's a normal thing that I would have done anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, but the dim, dim thing, she's seen me do several times and, um, yeah, she's okay with it. And she still yeah. loves you, so there you go. <laughs> Yep, Dim Sims exactly. will be uh, will be catered at the wedding, no doubt, um, <laughs> and a whole wedding cake made out of Cheetos and whatever gross <laughs> other stuff you're eating. Hey, Sean, thanks heaps, man. Thanks for having Thank you, and we look forward to the official taste test, Matt O'Kine. All right, and actually, you know what? Let's not just stop here. I'm calling out to anyone who's listening. If you've got your bizarre, I mean, let's just forget how you eat it, but whatever the weird recipe is. Oh, no. I'm actually starting to regret this immediately. <laughs> finish the sentence, Matt, please. No I, more podcast until you finish your dins. <laughs> I reserve the right to refuse whatever dish is going to be offered here, but let us know if you've got a strange, not just the ritual, but if you've got a strange recipe that you think I could easily try, you know, in a in a radio mm. booth, like your Milo and Cheetos, like your, yeah. um, you know, pickle juice... And whatever, just let me know. We'll see whether we can um, whether we can make it. That's it. It'll be the Matt and Alex all day breakfast disgustation menu, um, <laughs> which will be coming <laughs> coming up on a future episode. <laughs> Order up. That's how you like it. Perfect. Thank you very much to Example for having a chat with us. And if you like that chat, oh, 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 Maddie, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, I reckon we've got a solid degust lunch. When we're talking long lunches, <laughs> we're talking 12 courses, the full unedited 30-minute chat with him um, from his hotel room in Darwin about all the backstory about where all the where are the songs where he first blew up, his first deals, meeting Aaron. Uh, where to from here? It's a really, really great chat. So please join us for that. Manu, he's going to be our midnight snack this week. And uh, who better than one of Australia's most popular and well-known chefs to uh, huddle around the fridge on a Saturday night talking food. So uh, make sure you have a listen to that one if you uh, see it pop up in your feeds over the weekend. Uh, until next Monday then for uh, the old daily Matt and Alex. We'll catch you soon. Bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.